This is Power for Living, the Bible teaching ministry of Christ the King Church in Wakefield, Massachusetts. I'm your host, Feliciano Segundo, and our teacher is Father Michael Carl. So get all your Bibles and let's get started. Well, today, our teaching time is going to be from the passage in Ezekiel, chapter 37, verses 1 through 14. Now, to give you some background so that this story makes sense, I need to talk about, for a little bit, the burial practices of the people in ancient Israel. You see, what happened was that people were in expectation of the resurrection of the dead. So when someone died, his or her body was placed in one of several chambers that lined the walls of a large family tomb. And it was typically cut out of the rock. You remember in the story of when Jesus was buried, they talked about Joseph of Arimathea's tomb that had been hewn out of the rock? Well, that's one of those. And so they would then seal the tomb until another family member died. And when the family re-entered the tomb... They would find that the body had done what bodies do when there's no more life in them. All the flesh had gone off. They had decomposed. And so only the part that was left intact was the skeleton. The skeleton was then taken from the chamber and placed in a common bone coffin in the middle of the tomb. This common coffin, called an ossuary, contained the bones of many family members. And the bones were often separated from their usual skeletal positions in order to make the storage of the bones more efficient. So are we getting a picture here of how this resembles our Old Testament passage for today? All the bones were just scattered in that valley. So here they were separated in this ossuary. For example, a rib cage wouldn't be placed next to, might be placed next to the foot. And the purpose of the ossuary was to group everyone in the family together as they awaited the resurrection. The resurrection would take place in reverse order of the decay of the body. Instead of beginning with a full body of flesh and ending with bones, the resurrection would begin with bones and end with a full body of flesh. So now we get a picture of the situation in Ezekiel chapter 37. So, ancient people, though, in the ancient Near East, viewed unburied bodies with a sense of horror. It scared them terribly. They were upset when they saw, you know, just a body, if they came upon one. Now, Ezekiel starts out this chapter saying, the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley. Now, what we know here is that when he says the hand of the Lord came upon me, it's that there's a new subject coming. Because through the book of Ezekiel, if you read it, and it's really a cool book. Well, all of them are, but this one is a little more cool than some of the others. And you read that and there's this transition because Ezekiel had a very unique ministry. And when the hand of the Lord came upon him, you knew something was going to happen. So that's exactly what happened here. The Lord took him out into this valley 
of bones. But God gave Ezekiel this tour of the valley, it says, because he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, they, there were very many in this open valley, and indeed they were very dry. You know what that means? They've been there for a while. Because by the time the bones dry out, they, it's been a while. Okay, so then Mark Rooker talks about this passage, and he says, In this vision, God led the prophet back and forth among scattered bones, enabling him to observe a great many bones on the floor of the valley. We may not fully appreciate what Ezekiel must have felt when he observed this scene, but then again we might, because it was kind of gross, I guess. The prophet knew that contact with a corpse, though, rendered a person unclean. So he must have felt some tension in following God's instructions. The situation was perhaps similar to Peter's visionary experience on the roof of that house that was by the sea. And when he saw the animals, he said, oh, no, Lord, I can't eat any of those because I've never eaten anything unclean. So here we see Ezekiel with all these bones. Ew. And then Peter saying, oh, I can't eat any of that. It's very similar because he's getting a vision and he's seeing things that, according to the Jewish law, would have made him ritually unclean. So Ezekiel's not too comfortable. Now, then think about this. What does God ask Ezekiel? Can these bones live? Well, he, he obviously says, well, I don't know. Lord, you know. And the Lord did know. But then he told, the Lord told Ezekiel to do something really unusual. And, but that's not unusual in, Eli, uh, in Ezekiel's ministry. Because you remember in Ezekiel chapter 1, he sees the scene with those wheels flying in the air. And then he looks up and he sees the Lord on top of one of them. And the glory of the Lord is raining down upon him. So he goes, whoa. And so... I don't know if he went, whoa, but I mean, he said something similar to that. And then in Ezekiel chapters 3 and 4, God tells Ezekiel to prophesy against the Jews in Babylon. But when he said that, he said, you're going to lay on your side for a year. Can you imagine laying on your side for a year? On the same side, you know, you don't get to do like you do at night and turn over occasionally. But now he had to stay on the left side, I believe it was. He had to build a siege wall against the city of Jerusalem because there was a stone tablet that represented Jerusalem. He had to build that siege wall. And here's the disgusting part. He had to eat this terrible concoction of soup made with some variety of seeds and other things. And the worst part was that God told Ezekiel to cook it on human poop, using human, human feces to cook the food, the food, so to speak. And then Ezekiel said, Lord, that's a little much. And so God says, okay, you can use cow manure instead. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that was much better. But anyway, so Ezekiel was kind of used to unusual things. So when God said, Ezekiel, Preach to the bones. He said, 
Okay. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling. And the bones came together bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them over. But there was no breath in them. Now, Landon Dowden said about this passage, so what was this purpose of the vision and such, such as it were a field trip to the valley of bones and death? Ezekiel is told these bones are the whole house of Israel. Look how they say our bones are dried up and our hope has perished. We are cut off. The bones which seem to have zero possibility of ever knowing life again reveal how Israel feels about their discipline and their exile. They believe God is finished with them, that God's had enough, and they've received the curses of the covenant, and they've been cut off as God promised in the covenant. If God were to ask Israel instead of Ezekiel whether the bones and the vision could live again, they would certainly answer resoundingly, no. And God, however, had a plan to give his people life and land once again. And he told Ezekiel, say to them, this is what the Lord God says. I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them. And my people, when I open your graves and bring you to them, they will, I will put my spirit in you and you will live. So God promises as God always does, God promises life. So then Ezekiel prophesies to the bones and they start coming together. And flesh came on them. Now, what this teaches us is that to the spiritually dead, preaching the word of God brings life. Amen? When you hear the word of God, you get life, especially if you respond to it. But so there is no life then apart from hearing the word of God. Now, Ezekiel then is told to prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on the slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath came into them and they lived and stood upon their feet an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. And we've already talked about that passage. So, oh, my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves. Do we see here that from the custom of the Israelis and how they Israelites and how they buried people resembles this vision because it's exactly in reverse. And as a matter of fact, we get here a picture of the creation. Was it Adam was made from the dust? And then God did what? Breathed life into Adam. And so it's by the word of God because the Hebrew words for life and breath is ruach, and it's the spoken word of God. So, as it were, there is a synonym 
for preaching the word. It's breathing. What did Paul tell us about the word of God? That it's all scripture is inspired by God. And when he wrote that, he said all scripture is God breathed. And so we get a picture this morning of what God wants to do among us. He says that he wants to open the graves. He wants the dead to live. He wants to have us. That's not just the preacher up here. That's all of us here. Preach to those who don't know the Lord and give them the word of God. Find a way to get it relationally to them, but still witness. Share the word. Don't be shy. Don't when it comes to witness to somebody like, you know, when you're you want to say when you're uncertain of what's going on, you mumble. Well, don't do that. Share the word and don't be shy about it. I mean, the worst that can happen is that there's no response. The best that can happen is that those bones will live. And so that is our mission. That is our cause because it is true, absolutely, that only true life comes through God's Spirit when He breathes into us the breath of life. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's edition of Power for Living. If you happen to miss any of our other programs, be sure to go to our podcast page at ChristTheKingNorthShore.podbean.com. And you can also visit our website at www.ctknorthshore.org. If this program has been a blessing, feel free to let us know. Write us at Power for Living, Care of Christ the King Church, 4 Railroad Avenue, Suite 309 in Wakefield, Massachusetts, 01880. Or you can also send us an email at ChristTheKingNorthShore at gmail.com. You can be a part of this gospel ministry by becoming a patron of Power for Living. You can find out how by clicking the Become a Patron button at the top of our podcast page. That's it for this week, and until next time, remember that Jesus is your Power for Living.